Welcome to the Serving Leaders Podcast, where we talk about health and ministry leadership. In part two of the webinar discussion on Ravi Zacharias, Dave answers some questions from the audience. Uh, it's just simply, where do we go from here? How can we better protect women in the church? Yes. Um, how can we further dialogues around the topic in the local church? Yeah. I think uh, right now I'm handling a number of sexual abuse cases in churches. And um, I think that we have to be extraordinarily sensitized to the issue of sexual abuse because it happens so much more than you think it does. I can give you statistics and I don't know whether the statistics are true, but the point is that, um, that it happens so much and oftentimes women are not believed. Now I, I, and I, listen, I'm an attorney as well as a counselor and I get the idea of false accusations. I get that. Not that it never happens. All, but, but when someone comes forward with, with issues of sexual abuse or, or complaints of sexual abuse, you, the utmost care has to be taken to work with that person, to give, give them safety, to hear them, believe them. And then, you know, um, I'm, I'm, now I'm talking about, you know, somebody comes forward with, with a claim of, uh, not, not a legal claim of sexual abuse, but a, the experience of sexual abuse. So it's vitally important to educate, educate on this issue and really help people understand how, how often it, it takes place and the damage that it takes place. Um, you know, somebody was talking about, you know, Satan or a tool of Satan, I'll tell you, uh, I've, I heard Dan Allender say it this way, um, when you make an investment of money into the bank or into an investment, you know, you put X dollars in and you get, hopefully you get times five dollars back. Sexual abuse is an area that the investment can be one second and it can last a lifetime. One touch can affect a person for a lifetime. And so I just think we have to be highly, highly sensitized to that. Dave, another good question that came up is how do we respond to non-believers about the hypocrisy? And maybe if I could add to that, um, you know, are all Christians hypocrites in some way? Yes. And then how does that compare to then what Ravi did, you know? Well, I, number one, I think, you know, what I started by saying is truth is truth and we don't varnish and hide truth. Now, you know, am I going to go up to my neighbor who's the unbeliever and say, hey, let me tell you about Ravi Zacharias. No, that wouldn't be wise. But if my unbelieving friend says to me, I heard about Ravi Zacharias, what are we going to say? Yeah. It's true. And it's hypocritical. And he's living a lie. He was living a lie. And we, we need to own up to that. What was the second part of your question? Oh, a comparison? Yeah, if we might say that in, in some sense, all Christians, all people are hypocrites. Sure. So what's the difference between <clears throat> well, let me probably living a double life and then the way we all have our ongoing struggle with sin and hypocrisy. Well, I mean, in, in some, look, there's a, there's a matter of degree. And there's also, I would say this, a hypocrite is someone who play acts, right? That's it, 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 where we get the, 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 the idea of we're play acting. I put on a mask, right? I'm intentionally showing you one thing, but I know it to be false. That's, I think, different than being inconsistent, you know? I am trying my hardest not to do certain things. And when I do them, 
I'm not acting like I don't do that, right? I think in Ravi's case, you have <clears throat> a, a pattern and practice of intentional deception and cover-up over a period of years and years and years, <clears throat> um, sp specifically seeking to hide and get away with things that ought not to have been gotten away with. So look, I think I've done enough talking here for a little bit. Um, I'd like to just open it up and, and if, if you, this is risky guys with all these people on, online here, uh, but love to, does someone have a brief comment or just wanna process what you're feeling, what you're, what you're seeing, what you're thinking? Yeah, Dave, it's Wayne Houck. Um, hey Wayne. <clears throat> I, I think a, a lot of my, I kind of avoided the issue for probably a few weeks, honestly, until probably last week, I just started to you know, read some of the articles and things like that, because I didn't really want to believe it. But I recognize even in my own spirit that somebody like Carl Lentz falls, um, you know, at Hillsong in New York, and doesn't really bother me too much. It's just kind of like another one on the heap of pastors that have fallen. Mm. But in Robbie's case, this is, this is hypocrisy in my case, because I, in, in my case, because I, I had a deep respect for him, sure. you know, intellectually and, and read his books and watched his YouTube videos and all those kinds of things. So it, it just because it was him, it just felt very different than it does for when other guys go through the, exactly the same kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Like I said, it's, it's w larger in degree. And his influence. Dave, briefly? Yeah, very briefly. Um, I, I, I'm really curious uh, where his board was. And uh, I, I, on the comment I typed, I know Billy Graham never went anywhere that he stayed alone. Either he was with his wife or he would have like a brother-in-law so nobody could accuse him of a homosexual relationship. He just was very, very disciplined. And, and, his, and he, yeah, anyway, that's my question. Where was his board? Um, I don't know that I can answer that. I, I, if you read, um, the, there's a, one of the, the publicists for RZIM uh, wrote a 20 something, 27 page letter to the board and it's public. You can, you can Google this. Uh, it's public and it outlines, when I say public, the person in charge of publicity for, for, for Ravi's uh, ministry. Um, she wrote a 27 page letter that outlined the discrepancies between what the board knew and what the leadership had or the, what the leadership knew. And it's very informative. I'm not gonna go into the details of that, but the, some would say that some of the board was kept in the dark. Some would say the board was just negligent, not knowing, didn't ask the right questions. Some of the board probably simply said, hey, it's Ravi, why would I ask these questions? I trust. But you, you can, yeah, I, uh, before we're done, I could probably put that in the uh, chat or someone, someone here might be able to put that in the chat, the, the link to that. Dave, I have a question. Yes. Um, my name's Gail and um, this came up in a discussion at our church, um, at our staff meeting. Um, and it was, is, is Ravi, you know, is he a believer? I mean, there are wolves in sheep clothing. Um, the Bible speaks of um, false teachers. Is he in that category of like, you know, in the book of, um, is it the book of Jude where like, you know, there's a lot of um, talk about, about that. Like, I mean, I know we don't know his heart, but 
for I him think, not to confess, even knowing he's going to be passing soon. And I don't know, it's just hard to figure out. I, it's a it's a really good question. I think it's not answerable. Like I, we can't answer that. We can't know. We can't judge him, his mm -hmm. heart. We can judge his conduct, certainly. Uh, we, we don't know what his status is. Because I know that the Lord um, puts more on teachers, That's right. pastors. That's right. Thank you, Gail. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, also, I, the other question I had was, do you know what care is being done for his family? Like, it sounds like no one, everyone was caught off guard and even to the extent of his wife and kids. Uh, you know, I don't know. Here, one of the things that was fairly fairly known is that um, Ravi did not have, was not a member of a church, um, and did not have a pastor. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what care has been given. Um, I think that there is some division within the family, um, and there are some, you know, there there are some. Uh, that, that's that's what's so complicated right can you imagine what it, you know can you imagine what it's like to be a daughter or son or a wife and then not knowing any of this mm -hmm. I'm assuming this mm -hmm. not knowing any of this and then having it come out there's probably different stages of denial mm -hmm. of horror mm -hmm. you know com of feeling complicit you know yeah his daughter Sarah is the C CEO of RZIM Mm -hmm. Right. So very complicated, very difficult. Yeah. Hey, Dave, uh, could I ask a question as well? Sure. Darnaldo. Um, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I am, you know, as I read through everything, uh, one of the many parts that really, really impacted me was the story of the woman who worked for his publicity department who uh, I guess a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, had raised concerns uh, on the Lori Thompson situation. Yeah, that's, that's what I was referring to. That's the 20, 26, 27 page letter that's available. Okay, no, well, I'm talking about uh, the articles about years ago. I, maybe, maybe you haven't seen them. Maybe I, I, I trolled too deeply on this stuff, but how she had raised concerns years ago and had been um, ostracized and yep. rebuked. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Look at the okay. look at the chat room right now. Uh, you can read more about the inside challenges at RZM at RZIM here. So, okay, okay. So, well, then my my question though is specifically a. I have a really specific question. Then it's. I think a lot about like as Christians, we believe in authority, and there's even passages that say don't don't receive any charge against an elder except on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Right. And so, uh, yeah, sorry, I, I restated what we were already talking about, but where I'm going with it is I struggle with how do we give smaller people in the church a voice uh, where we have a, a culture as Christians that believes in authority and that says, you can't just, you can't just charge you know, the big guy with a big thing. And there is a tendency in probably every church I've ever attended to defend leadership. Um, how do we give people a voice so that they're not made to feel crazy, so that they're not ostracized? 
Well, I, I, I think your answer is, the, the answer is, is that we listen to them and we don't immediately put up the barrier and say, oh, you can't bring that charge. Listen, a, a shrewd pastor or anyone shrewdly can do their crimes without witnesses. And if you hold to, the, to, to simply the standard of, you know, don't, don't bring a charge or don't hear a charge um, in that way, it would be impossible to ever get someone. I, and, and frankly, I've dealt with pastors who are, who've abused their authority and done exactly what we're talking about here. And they'd always raise that as a, as a thing. You can't make a charge against me because there's not, no other witnesses here. And by the way, there's multiple witnesses, multiple witnesses um, here. But by the nature, of, but in the nature of the case, when you sin against somebody, you, you se- if somebody se- is sexually abused by themselves, there is no witness other than the, the, the victim. By the way, so you, you can see uh, in the chat, it says the 26 page letter I wrote to the board is here. Okay, so I would encourage you all to read uh, Ruth's letter. Um, and, and, and that will enlighten you a lot on some of the ongoing uh, internal affairs that were, were taking place. Thanks, Dave. I'm sorry I misunderstood the context there. But... No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Thank you. Take what we'll take uh, maybe another another comment, and then uh, you know what I'd like to do is I'm I'm going to just sum up just a couple of lessons learned. You know, just sort of uh, just just think about some of the lessons that we've learned here. I think we've we've talked about some of them, but I'd like to do that. But any anybody else? Uh, Olivia, uh, sorry, Robin has a her hand raised. Let's where's Robin? Go ahead, Robin. Unmute uh, yourself. Robin, I got it. Am I unmuted now? You are, just don't speak in Spanish to me. I won't understand it. Está bien. Um, what you had said before about there, but for the grace of God go I, I think is whenever somebody falls on whatever level, it, it makes me examine myself. Yeah. And I am in a, a large church, about 1500 people. There's 13 uh, pastors on staff. My husband's one of them. And um, they, uh, the staff is 40 or 50 people at this, at this stage with all the children's ministry. And they, they, submit, <laughs> they submit their phones and they have an app put on them. It seems a little big bro- brotherish, but it keeps everybody. It's for pornographic sites or just to, I don't know exactly the details of it, yes. but that people are accountable to one another. I have women that know my stuff, my struggles. And when we stop being accountable, um, then you get into the secret, secret sins and secret life. But, you know, I just think it's so important that, you know, uh, my husband does counseling. If there's a woman in there, he has another pastor's wife or someone in there so that they're just not alone. And, you know, you can never let your guard down. Like you said, it's that one slip. And then you go, oh, well, that was pretty cool. I'm going to do that again. That's all I wanted to share. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, accountability is a great thing. I, I heard Josh McDowell, if you Google Josh McDowell, he had a conversation with his son, Sean, on this topic. And he talked about all kinds of accountability mechanisms that, that we can place on our phones and on our, you know, on our, on our computers, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think being in relationship with people who have permission, you've given permission specifically, you can ask me anything you want. You want to look at my phone. 
you know, I love the fact that I can say, my, my wife says, can I borrow your phone? And I don't have to hide it. Right. Like, I'm afraid of something, of her seeing something, um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it's important, but here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the bottom line. If somebody wants to appear accountable, accountable and not be, they can do it. It's an issue of the heart. And it's an issue of, of saying, look, we are, no, here's the bottom line. No one is immune. No one's immune. And just as light has exposed Ravi, that same light will expose us. Mm -hmm. And we all stand before him. We all stand before him. And the question is, are we in community and relationship where people know us and will ask us questions and will walk with us and where we can be free to say, listen, I'm struggling with this or that and not be shamed or not be fired. As serving leaders, we talk to lots of pastors. I mean, we do a lot of ministry leader gatherings. By the way, get a, here's a plug. <clears throat> Thursday morning, I'm doing a, a two-hour uh, workshop called A Vaccination Against Sexual Misconduct. And the reason it's called a vaccination is because I'm going to do things with them that will help them not uh, help them respond appropriately when they're tempted, not if, when. And that's part of the problem with counselors and, and pastors is they don't think they're going to be tempted. Or if, they, if they're tempted, they think they're going to know it and be able to identify it. The problem with a virus is when it comes into your body, your body doesn't recognize it as a foreign invader. So the inoculation or vaccination that we do on Thursday um, is designed to make you think, make you understand that when you're feeling what you're feeling, it's a foreign invader and it's going to come and attack you and kill you unless you are able to resist in an appropriate way. But, uh, Joe just put the, uh, put, put the link up there if anybody is interested in, in attending that. Uh, but that's, that'll be right on Zoom again. So um, look, no one's immune. And we're all capable. And uh, I, I just want to finish with a quote here um, by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And I think it's, a, it, it's humbling. He said this, he said, if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. If that were the case, that would be great. Well, he goes on to say, the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? Right? Mm -hmm. So I think the, where we start is on the face, on our faces before the Lord. And to say, God, give me a, give me a love of truth. Let me love truth. Let me, let me hate and, and abandon deception and walk in your light. And let me walk it, walk in your light in the presence of the body of Christ, not from a distance, but in real relationship. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and then um, you know we'll we'll conclude this because we keep our word. But at the same time, I'll hang out with some people. If you guys want to hang out and just talk afterward, that's that's fine. All right, Joe, is that all right? Good plan. <laughs> All right. Thank you all for attending. I really, really appreciate it. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father God, uh, we come before you, first of all, to lift up those who've been wounded deeply and hurt uh, by Ravi's ministry, by the, his deeds. And 
it, we will also lift up his family. Yes. Who's been wounded and hurt. We lift up all those who've been working with him and for him and those in the organizations around the, around the world. Lord, we lift them up for you to minister to them. And we know, Father, that you're providentially in control of all things. And so that nothing happens by accident. And we thank you that these things were revealed. And I pray that you would give us the wisdom and guidance to handle them in a way that honors you continually. And that just like you can take tragedy and make it good and make good come out of it, we ask that in this case. I thank you for everyone who's joined us. I pray, Father, that you would um, bless them, keep them safe. And Father, help us to walk after you and honor you in all our ways. We can only do that in you. We pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode at Serving Leaders Podcast. For additional resources or to find out more about our services, you can visit us at www.servingleaders.org.